Chapter 12, Limits on Passive Activity Losses and Credits. Learning Objective 12.1, Explain the Limitations on Passive Activity Losses and Credits. In this chapter, we're going to examine the abuse Congress was trying to curtail through the passage of the Passive Activity Loss Rules. We'll also look at the classification system of income into three categories, portfolio, active, and passive income. We'll also look at the implications of the operation of these rules for rental activities and other types of endeavors. And we'll conclude with an examination of the operation of the active participation exception rules for rental activities. Let's talk about the abuse. Prior to the enactment of the Passive Activity Loss Rules in 1986, a significant tax shelter industry existed. Many limited partnership interests were generating tax losses greater than income. The limited partnerships were availing themselves of entirely permitted deductions for depreciation and interest expense. These tax losses were sheltering the salary and investment income of taxpayers especially those in the highest brackets. A simple example, imagine a taxpayer with a salary of a quarter of a million dollars and taxable interest income of 30,000. And the taxpayer's investment in a limited partnership interest was showing a loss of $80,000 prior to the enactment of the passive activity loss rules. Here, the taxpayer would be allowed to reduce his gross income by the full $80,000. Congress was quite concerned, not only with the increasingly substantial revenue losses from these limited partnership investments, but also concerned that the code was subsidizing what was increasingly becoming unproductive and unprofitable activity, which resulted in the overbuilding of real estate in many large cities. It was possible, in fact, in some cases, for an investment to make money for an investor even though it would be years before a true economic profit were realized. Some economists felt that the incentives under the code at the time misallocated capital and contributed substantially to the savings and loan crisis of the early 1990s. Let's now talk about the classification of income into three categories. The rules classify all business activity into three types. First, there's portfolio income dividends, interest, royalties, but not income generated in the conduct of a business. Two, active income, where the taxpayers had material participation in the generation of that income. And then finally, passive income, where the taxpayer has not had material participation in the generation of the income. In other words, the non-portfolio income needs to be classified as either active or passive. The rules in this area are generally designed to limit deductions with respect to activities in which the taxpayer does not materially participate. These rules also apply to individuals, estates, trusts, personal service corporations, and closely held corporations. Although note, in the case of closely held corporations, the passive activity loss rules can offset active income, but not portfolio income. Most rental activities are automatically included within the definition of a passive activity. The provision generally limits the deductibility of aggregate losses from all passive activities to the aggregate 
income from these passive activities. Any losses deferred under this limitation allowance will be allowable in the year the taxpayer disposes of the passive activity in a taxable transaction. Since passive losses are limited to passive income, they cannot generally be used to offset either portfolio income or active income, such as wage or salary income. Material participation under the passive activity loss rules means involvement in the operations of the activity on a regular, continuous, and substantial basis. Although rental activities are generally treated automatically as passive activities, there are certain exceptions to this automatic treatment. One such exception is the active participation rule for individuals who are actively, but not necessarily materially, participating in rental real estate activity. These taxpayers are allowed to deduct up to $25,000 of excess passive losses from the rental real estate activity against non-passive income. This $25,000 allowance is reduced by 50% of the amount by which the taxpayer's adjusted gross income exceeds $100,000. To be eligible for this active participation exception, the taxpayer must own at least 10% of the real estate, which is measured by value. Additionally, the taxpayer must have significant and bona fide involvement. This concludes Chapter 12.